This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Welcome to Charges. I'm your host, Rex Chapman. Wow, what an incredible journey this first season of Charges has been. You know, when I started this process and this podcast, I wasn't totally sure what to expect of me as a host, of our guests, and their desire to be open with me, and of the reception of the show. I must tell you, it's been incredible. The guests we've had, the stories they've told, the moments and relationships, and most importantly, the feedback and responses we've received from our listeners, it has made me so proud. For now, I wanted to put the finishing touch on season one. And as my guest today knows, no matter how nice the drive or the attempt, what really matters is the finish and finishing strong. So my thought for this topic was to bring on filmmaker, producer, director, and basketball fan, Evan Leong, to help me sort through all we've been through this season and have a discussion about the process of telling stories. You may know the name Evan Leong from his work as director of the 2013 documentary Lynn Sanity about the incredible rise of Jeremy Lynn on the New York Knicks. But if you've seen the film, you know that the story we all kind of knew about Jeremy. There was so much more, and that documentary is a must-see for any sports fan. This is Charges. 
charges. Evan, welcome to charges, buddy. It's really, really great to be here. I mean, volume 20, I mean, I'm I'm become a super fan of the show and, you know, truly, truly honored to be here. Why do you like the show? Why do I like the show? I mean, there's a you create this level of uh, empathy and vulnerability that it's just so hard to to see, you know, to experience these days, right? I think, you know, the the way this industry works and especially the sports industry, you know, uh, we're trained to think of athletes as a brand, as an idea, of a, as a symbol, as an icon. But, you know, they're humans. They're just like me. They're just like, you know, every all the fans out there. You know, what's weird about that is I'm, we talk about the vulnerability. I know when I started speaking to groups about drug issues and whatnot, the main thing that people want want to see and hear is your vulnerability. They want to know that you're you're human just like they are. And then I thought our guests all season long this year, you know, obviously they're coming on a show called Charges um, with my mugshot on the thing. So they know they're not going to talk about the best times of their life. But what I think that, you know, our, our whole crew has done a, a terrific job of just, you know, really researching the guys and ladies and, and gentlemen that we've had on the show. And, you know, obviously we, we try to build everybody up as much as we can. Um, but then they know they're coming on to talk about arguably the worst time in their life. And I just can't say enough about these people who've come on and shared these amazing stories with us. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting to see, you know, I mean, I grew up in the same area as you, the eighties and the nineties, masculinity, man, protection. We don't share our emotions and, and it's crazy to see how honest we can be in 2020. Right. And it's exciting to have someone like you be, uh, you know, one of these these culture makers of this era. And so um, I'm really excited to talk to you about all these things because, you know, from episode one to episode 20, this is, I've, I've got to see you grow as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, when Steve Nash and, and uh, Ezra and Brandon, our producers, the guys who kind of came up with this idea, when they contacted me about it, I couldn't really visualize it. I'm not that bright anyway, but they I couldn't really even tell what they were talking about until we started getting into it. And then once I got the concept, I was like, oh man, you know, if we do that the right way, it might be pretty compelling. And just to see, you know, and, and to be completely honest, I'd never interviewed anybody ever, ever. You know, um, I've been interviewed since I was 15 and, you know, can do this stuff much better than being the host. So I, I was very nervous and still get nervous doing this stuff. The other part about it that I've found and I, hearing back from some of the people that have been on the show, if you've been in therapy or if you've been in treatment, you've probably been in therapy and it feels cathartic. In many ways, when I get, I worry about doing the show because I want to do right by the guest. Inevitably, though, when I get off, I, I just feel better. I feel like, okay, well, you know, we've talked through some pretty tough emotions today. And you feel like, you know, well, I've put in a good day's work. So that's been really rewarding. What made you want to do a show like this? And what were you hoping for? You know, Steve and I have known each other for 20 some years now. And um, he's just, he's the best. And uh, when he called and said, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing this? Again, I, I've 
just kind of been building my life back for the last few years and uh, was looking for more to do. And, um, you know, it took us a little while. And then obviously the the pandemic set in. I think we were going to try to do, you know, a lot of this stuff live or with people in person, but that kind of the pandemic kind of pushed everything to Zoom. So, you know, we've we've tried to adjust and I, I think it's gone really well. I, I'm so thankful for the guests. But uh, yeah, there were a lot of nerves uh, going into it for sure. Yeah. Besides becoming, you know, a talent, you know, becoming more in this media world, uh, what were you hoping for? Was there anything personally you were lo- looking for? No, you know, I, I th- before I say no, I, I think that, you know, I'm constantly looking for redemption and trying to, you know, redeem myself and, yeah, as much for me, but for my my kids, you know, I've got kids that are 29 and 26 and 22 and 21. And when I was going through my shit, they were young people. And, um, you know, I, I'm just constantly trying to make up, make up for, you know, things that I've done and, and try to hopefully redeem myself, continue to redeem myself in their eyes. So yeah, I, I wanted to try to do something positive and yes, we're talking about, you know, drugs and alcohol and, um, you know, people going to jail and prison and stuff like that. And I don't know if it can be called uplifting, but I think the way that we've gone about doing it where we, you know, we talk about this person's whole career, all the good stuff, and then give them the opportunity to talk about, you know, the uh, episode we did with Bonzi Wells, I thought was really powerful, um, you know, because I remember that Jailblazers team, Jailblazers. Do you remember the first time you heard the term Jailblazers? How did it make you feel? Man, when I first heard it, Man, I thought it was cool at first because, you know what I'm saying, I didn't understand. I wasn't thinking about the cultural part of it. In a weird way, it kind of reminded me of like the Raiders, you know. Or the, ba- the, or the bad boys. Like that was, or that the was bad who, boys. That was our identity. Like, okay, this is who we are. We some bad boys. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I internalized that in my mind. It's like it's a term of endearment at first. Right. You know what I mean? Like, okay, but until... They just started, you know, putting thugs on. You know, you're, we, we read the articles and stuff. So then when you can start seeing the thugs in quotes and all this stuff, you'd be like, hold up, bro, hold up, hold up. Now, y'all can call us jailblazers and we out here on some ah tough guy stuff, but don't put that on us. Like, we really going to jail and we doing this stuff because that's real. Like, they don't understand, like, how that stuff follows you throughout your whole life and your whole career. And, yeah. and one thing as a black man, We don't want our names associated with being in jail. The rest of the league at the time, you know, this was kind of pre-internet, really. Um, We were like, man, the media is treating those guys really bad, really bad. And talking to Bonzi, I just, it, it just kept coming back to me as I'm watching him. I'm like, man, I wish you and Rashid could have had a podcast when you were playing, while you guys were going through this, so that the public could know from your standpoint what was going on and not constantly being fed the the trailblazers pr team or some or, or a writer's opinion we were able to get it i think all of these have just been amazing cuz we're able to get you know the story right from the source i don't normally listen to the things that i do or watch the things that i do cuz i normally don't like any of the stuff that i do 
But I did listen to about the first 15 or 20 minutes of Jason's pod and just started crying, just started crying. And I know the story. I've known him for 30 years. So real quick, I grew up on the low east side of Manhattan. I came home, I was about 13 and a half years old. Uh, I was staying with my sister at the time. We would only live building to building, depending on if I missed curfew, that means when the lights went on outside, I could always run over to her house and she would tell a lie to my dad that I was over there. Uh, But this time it was an awakening. I got out the elevator, I saw a tremendous amount of blood. I looked down the hallway and the blood got thicker and thicker and it led into my sister's apartment. When I went into there, my sister is six foot one. She's about 130 pounds. She's a model, a supermodel. And uh, a guy named Sergio, uh, who I did not know at the time, I found out his name later, had stabbed her 17 times and beat her over the face with a hammer in the bathtub in front of her two-year-old son, EJ. And uh, that was just the start of it. I've heard the story. And he's just an amazing guy. And you talk about it. It's one thing, you know, to go to jail for shoplifting or whatever. Jason accidentally killed a guy. And he fights that every single day. And he's dedicated his life to try to give back. He's helping so many people down in Florida to try to get their lives together. But he's in constant redemption mode. And there's something you have to love about that, I think. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. 
Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You spoke a little bit about your family, right? And, uh, you know, you have your kids and this redemption idea. Um, have, you, have you had these conversations about, you know, what you have went through and what you're going through now? Not so much now, but yeah, definitely, you know, the, the stuff that, um, you know, landed me in, in jail and in rehab three different times, they know that all too well. Um, you know, they were there when I was going to these rehab places. And, you know, that was something that I never, I never kept from family and friends, everybody that knew me, you know, Steve Nash and Evan, our, our guys on here, everybody knew that I had a, an addiction to painkillers and that I'd been fighting it. I'd been in and out of rehab, in and out of rehab. And just, uh, it was nothing I tried to keep from anybody. Um, but at some point I just started isolating myself and hiding and I didn't, you know, uh, I just wasn't very healthy and mentally. And, um, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful every day for the friends and family that I think growing up and being known from such a young age, I lost track of people that I, I, I didn't know if they loved me for me or if they loved me because I was a basketball player. And, I think I got kind of just got lost with that. And I've been so heartened over the last few years to know that, you know, there are people that really, you know, that were there for me when they didn't have to be. And uh, almost makes me want to cry every time I think about it. Yeah, it's amazing how much our self-worth is based on, and for athletes, it's on your performance. And, you know, I, I never thought about it. From your perspective right now, I'm seeing like, wow, there's so much pressure on the own self-worth of how good you are, what you are in the sport and in the industry. Um, and you forget that, yeah, and being a normal person is something that you don't get to be most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, the weird thing about, you know, playing a sport for a living is that you do, and especially being wired the way I was, uh, you live and die with, the score of the game and the box score. And when that's over, 
if you've only based your self-worth on that, now what? Now what? And you're naturally going to mourn something that you did for 30 years since you were five years old. You put every moment, waking moment, into being a basketball player. If that's, and if you're wrapped up in it like that, which I was, you're going to mourn the end of that career. You're going to mourn, you know, not being able to go down and do it, not take out a little frustration on the practice court, running into people and taking out a little aggression. You're going to mourn the addiction. And it is. When you get red hot, make three threes, get 11 points in under a minute and force the other coach to burn one of his five timeouts, that's an adrenaline rush that you can't, you can't bottle that. You can't, you can't get that back. And when those things are gone, um, there's a big void. And I think that all of that kind of played into me just right away falling in love with this pain medication that I was really using for my sadness to kind of mask what I was feeling. And it was just a slippery, slippery slope. Yeah. Med Artes, what was the one thing you didn't get to ask him about? Yeah, I did. I, I might have mentioned it earlier. I, I would have liked to have gone in because I didn't really, I guess maybe I had forgotten, you know, just how funky the relationship with Ben Wallace was. And understandably, I could have forgotten because I spent much of that last much of that time on painkillers. So, but when I got done with, with Ron's pod and it was, I think it was the first one we did. Um, I felt good about it, but it was just the first one and I didn't know what to expect. And I wanted to be sure that whatever we did, it was going to make him, you know, uh, allow him to be able to tell his story because he, he's a terrific storyteller. The other thing about that just blew me away with him. I mean, we're in the first 10 minutes of the pod and out of nowhere, he said he was going to be an engineer, wanted to be an engineer. I think, um, I was like, what? He said, yeah, I was going to go down to Miami and you hear him talking. And then he starts talking about the public housing in, uh, New York and knew about the different buildings. And you wouldn't have known this about, about him. You wouldn't have known it if, he hadn't felt comfortable enough to sit down and spend an hour, hour and a half talking to me about it. And I think that's really valuable. You know, everybody, we talk about mental health all the time. And back when Meta was kind of going through, he was kind of at the peak of his basketball powers. He was probably also at the peak of his mental worst. And he'll tell you that. Um, he was constantly trying to work on himself. The the problem with that was it wasn't in a day and age where people could say that out loud and not be judged for it. So he was trying to, you know, go to therapy and do these things during a time where if people found out about that, they would have made fun of him. And I'm just happy that now, at he's not 50 yet, but in his 40s, his, you know, <laughs> he's going to make a bigger difference what he's doing now and for the rest of his life than he did as a basketball player. And he had a, one hell of a career. He did. He truly did. And 
I think his voice is so powerful, and it's exciting to see what he's going to do next. You spoke a little bit about Jason Williams. Um, what about his uh, sort of situation made it feel so tragic? Um, you know, Jason, for people that might not have remembered, Jason was kind of Charles Barkley before Charles as a media person. Uh, when Jason broke his leg and, his, and essentially ended his career, he went straight into working for NBC and killing it. I mean, he was doing like Olympic coverage and was, he's just uh, magic on television, a bigger than life personality. And we were contemporaries. I mean, I think, I think he's a couple years older, but we were in the same, I think in the same draft or one draft apart maybe. So I've known Jay a long time. And one of my good buddies was on Jason's team uh, in Jersey, and that's Sam Bowie. And so Sam and I are, re are really close, and therefore Jason and I kind of became buddies as well during that time when I didn't play on his team or anything. I just kind of knew him through Sam. And so I'd known all these stories. Um, Jason had a bad alcohol problem. Uh, he'd be the first to tell you when it ran in his family. Hearing him explain about his sister, you know, being beaten within an inch of her life and all of the horrible things he witnessed as a kid. If you can listen to that and and not have some sort of empathy for, for Jason Williams, then I don't know. You're uh, you're a lot colder than I am, I guess. I, I, he, what a story, what a life. And it'd be one thing if he, you know, was just farting around and not, not doing anything now. He's every day waking up and, and trying to be the best version of himself and trying to really help others. And he has, he, Jake constantly has six or seven people down in Florida with him. Uh, getting up in the morning at 5 a.m., going to lift, going out on a boat, a power boat, going jet skiing. Um, people who are really trying to get their life back on track. And he shows them a model. It doesn't work for everybody, but Jason is a great motivator. And I'm just so proud of, of what he's done. And I, you know, I was hesitant to at, even ask him to do this because I know how hard it is for him to do and, how, and to talk about. But he's so good at it. He's so good at it, and I, I think it's important for people to hear his story. You know, I, I, one of my favorite interviews was with Cat O'Brien because it was such a different sort of experience and such a different sort of refreshing perspective. Tell me about that. Tell me about what you thought about this getting into that conversation and, and making sure you do justice to what was so relevant at the time. Man, uh, that's... You know, the other ones that we did, even Jason, where you talk about, you know, someone dying, the interview with Kat, I was really nervous about. And and I, I think I told her right away, I you know, I felt wholly unqualified to to do that interview. I'd never, you know, kind of new to the interviewing process. And I wanted to be sure and be able to give her the platform to tell her story exactly how she wanted to be. You know, you're talking to someone that you've never met before about being raped. You know, I just didn't, I didn't want to fuck it up. You know, what happened to her? I have daughters. I have three daughters and it's just hard to have sisters. <laughs> it's just hard to think about. And, um, 
you know, to be taken advantage of, of by someone when you're just doing your job, interviewing, going to interview someone, the audacity of a man to take advantage of a, a young, a young girl, early twenties is just an abomination. And, um, I just wanted to be sure that she could tell her story and man, did she, man, what an example of, of grace and, um, and power she's, I'm maybe as, as proud of that one as any of them that we've done. Yeah, it was, it was so powerful. I felt, and, um, having the man's perspective, I think it's, you know, and I feel like that's sort of our duty to make sure we can tell other men this story because I think all the women know this. They all know that it's unfair. They all have been dealing with this. And, uh, you know, to give her a platform and to hear her voice, you're really speaking to a lot of men, you know, in general. Yeah. To Like, yeah. this is you, this is what's happening. This is what you need to understand. You need to understand the perspective. And, and I, I felt that was, that was super powerful. So many of your guests talked about the emotional toll of uh, being an athlete, how ours is, is to manage all these different things, you know, money, fame, failures, and also the success. What have you learned about how our society, you know, views and sees professional athletes? You know, it, athletes are still, they're, they're looked at in, as sort of uh, these superhuman type of people. And when, you know, that's, Definitely not not the case. Um, amazing, amazing athletes, but man, we're all here. We're all just we're all people with thoughts inside of our heads, and um, I think that what's been great about this is you know hearing some of your childhood idols, hockey players and tennis players, and hearing these people talk about you know shit that's happened in their life. We all have shit. You never know what someone else is going through. I, and I, honestly, I feel like that, that was a big issue with me from the time I was a teenager. I knew deep down that I was not this all-American kid, that I was not, you know, the university needed me to be like this all-American academic white kid from the home state. And I wasn't that. I knew, at, heck, at the time, I knew I kind of was depressed and I suffered from some kind of mental illness. I didn't know what it was. I just knew I was unhappy most of the time. Um, but I, I think people don't really maybe understand that the, the pressures that young people can face and how it can weigh on them mentally. And, uh, you know, I, I go back and I think back and you're just trying to juggle a lot and you don't really have the resources to bounce things off of people. Hopefully that's changing now. Hopefully, you know, young, young people can and will reach out if they need help uh, to manage situations. But back in the eighties, it just wasn't that way. Yeah. No, I think, I think it is changing, right? I mean, if you're a 23 year old athlete, and there's a podcast like this, and you grew up watching Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson and um, Ponzi Wells. I mean, this is, they're speaking their truth. And they're like, oh, yeah. well, that's okay. Then I can do it and I can change that. And that's how, you know, and culture changes, right? And I think that's, 
yeah. that's that's exciting. Do you feel like that is changing that the the overall sort of um, perspective of an athlete in the media and, and mainstream? I think so, you know, and I think that you know we can't brush off the the um, outspokenness of guys like Demar Derozan and Kevin Love in the last you know two or three years who have who have talked about it. And I, I think I spoke about it um, not long ago, if not on a pod with a friend. You know, there was a guy named Willie Burton when I was playing. He was a year or two behind me. He played for the Miami Heat. Willie got fifty in a in an NBA game once. He was a really good player. But in the early '90s, he had a he just sort of had a breakdown, and uh, you know, he came out and acknowledged that he suffered from depression, and the world, the media shit on him, like depression what do you have to be depressed about you're making a million dollars a year playing basketball for the miami heat now you can imagine what that would have done to willie you can imagine what it would do to anybody you know you'd be hesitant to and willie spent years you know battling alcoholism after that um so demar derozan and kevin love can come out now and talk about it and not get blowback negative blowback um they do get some blowback. Yeah, they still do get a little get bit. It in yeah, that, sure. Yeah, they get a little bit. But, but you know, even Dak Prescott, which a year or so ago, you know, he came out after his brother had had committed suicide and said he was struggling. And the amount of people that shit on him saying, well, you're supposed to be a quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. How can you show weakness? And what? What? If anything, he's showing strength. Right? Absolutely. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com, that's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You had more than a few people, you know, uh, struggle with addiction like you did. Um, did you learn anything from the stories that helped you on your path? You know, I, yeah, I, you always pick things up from people. The people that really did struggle with addiction, a couple of the hockey players, Chris Heron, uh, you know, many of the many of the people that we've had on. The best part about it, I think, is seeing that and and you could hear people, you know, AA isn't for everyone, rehab isn't for everyone, um, 12 steps aren't for everyone. I think that there is something for everyone though. You've just got to find what that is. And we had so many different guests who had different ways of staying clean and sober. And those were the things that I, you know, like to hear. I like to hear, how are you doing it? What do you do? Um, what do you do to remind yourself every day? I don't like talking about this stuff. So in my regular life, if I don't have to talk about it, I don't talk about it. But what's good is when you do talk about it with someone else, it reminds you that, oh yeah, other people are going through this every day, right along with you, Rex. Everybody, somebody out there is going through this. And it's good to like, kind of say misery loves company, but it is kind of good to commiserate from time to time with people with like backgrounds who've had some of the same issues and trying to learn and figure out just how they're doing it and getting by every day. I think that's really powerful. Do you feel like you're still in recovery? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I always will feel that way. 
Um, How does your day to day go? I know you spoke about it in the past a little bit, but what is your day to day like? I mean, does this still creep into your head? No, I'm really lucky from the standpoint that um, when I, well, I, I use medical marijuana and I have for the last six or seven years. I've never once had what I would, uh, and this wasn't the case when I got out of rehab the times before. I always had sort of a, a what I felt like was this yearning or jonesing for, you know, painkillers. I haven't had one. Now, some of that was, I think, too, I had developed ulcers during that time. And maybe some of that was I was, you know, needing it for the pain of the ulcers. But I don't, I swim every day. I get up, I try to go swim every day, at least five days a week. Um, I walk. Those two things get me away from my phone for a while. I can just be in the water uh, 45 minutes to an hour, sort some things out in my head, feel like I've kind of earned the rest of my day, you know, and there, then there are times that, you know, I need to talk and, you know, I, I still have my therapist that I talk to regularly and I'll give her a call and we'll talk about things that life's hard, man. And it's hard for everyone. I, f- I always feel like the people who pretend like shit's just great all the time are really uh, either they're super, super lucky or they're full of shit. So, <laughs> um, but life's hard. And, you know, I, I try to stay, uh, on top of myself cause I know, um, how easily it can go the other way. Wow. That's strong, man. With mental health and addiction, what do you think needs to be done about this issue inside and outside of sports? Well, you know, I, I think ho- hopefully colleges will, uh, step up and make sure that they have mental health professionals on staff. Uh, you know, basketball program, football program, everybody has mental health professionals. Uh, I'm really proud of the NBA and what they've done over the last two years. They have, um, you know, implemented a system where each team must have a mental health professional on staff. Um, and I, th- I think that's a step in the right direction. Now, if I'm a player and I've got some issues, am I necessarily going to go to the in-house therapist? Um, I don't know because I don't know how as a 25-year-old, I don't know how comfortable I would feel with that person not running and telling my business to the coaches and the and people that, you know, are on the inside. I think it's a step in the right direction, but more than anything, I'm just happy that we're doing something about it. You know, we saw in the Olympics last year with uh, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles and and these young ladies who were uh, anybody who could possibly think that Simone Biles just opted out because she was scared of fit. what? She's the greatest gymnast of all time. She got a mental block and could have really hurt herself. In fact, if she'd have gone on and just fucked her whole routine up, they'd have lost the medal. What she did was get out of the way so that the team could excel. and. I just think there has to continue to be more dialogue where people can, they can say, hey, look, I need a day. I don't need to do the media today. I'm not feeling it and not be judged for it. You know, these people are out here entertaining us, entertaining us. And, you know, I think it's the least we can do is to have some compassion for how they're feeling mentally from time to time. 
No, one hundred percent. I mean, I think that's it's it's so crazy how these these conversations we're just having a conversation about therapy like that needs to be brought out in the forefront, right? I mean, right. I mean, do you remember in Sopranos when the therapist was talking? You know, it was like, wow, that's crazy that to show something like that. And almost every TV show now has a therapist somewhere in it. Yeah. And yeah. it's becoming more of a thing like, oh, I should get a therapist. I should talk to therapy. How does that become part of just the integral part of sports? You know, I, I'm not sure. But, you know, and I was talking about this the other day uh, with a friend. <sighs> Rehab is terrible, going to rehabilitation, like drug rehab. It's awful. There's no two ways about it. But if you're in there and you're trying and you're being earnest and you are, you know, listening, it's one of the most fascinating places uh, you can ever learn from other people. People from different walks, uh, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different races, um, genders. And, you know, I, we say it often in, in therapy that when you get into a group like that and you start talking about your problems, you realize your problems aren't, you know, you wouldn't trade with these other people. Your problems, you know, everybody's got a lot of shit. And you start listening to other people's stuff and you realize that your problems are, maybe aren't as as great as you thought. Um, so it gives you a, a healthy dose of perspective because you realize really and truly, you see people breaking down and crying in their most vulnerable and worst time around no family members blabbing to complete strangers. And there's something very powerful about that. If you're, you know, again, I, I went to rehab three times and the first two times I didn't really pay attention. The last time I did, and I'm so thankful for it. Do you think going forward, I mean, it sounds like you have a passion for this sort of area of, of conversation, of issues, and of dealing with issues and, and getting people to tell their stories, right? This is, is this something that you think you will always want to do going forward or is this just this charges episodes? Um, no, you know, I think, I think the response has been so, so positive that there's obviously a, a bit of a, a niche for it. I think, um, people want to hear these stories and, you know, I, if I weren't doing them, I think I would, you know, if somebody told me about a pod like that, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to check that one out. And I think the other thing for me that kind of makes me want to continue uh, doing it is that almost every episode, well, every episode, we'll get into the, the questions. And at some point, I forget we're even doing a podcast. I forget and get so, like we have two or three times today. You just get engrossed in the conversation and you kind of forget everything else and everyone else. Um, and in this short attention span world, you know, 45 minutes or an hour is about as much as anybody can, uh, can hang on. I'm just, I'm happy that our guys have done such a fantastic job uh, producing this, this show and kind of bringing it to life. Um, so what has been the feedback from the show? Have there been moments, letters, messages, DMs that are just kind of blew your mind? 
I get about a year ago, I opened up my direct messages on Twitter where anybody can send messages. And, um, you know, I, I, there's no way to go through all of them, but every day, every day. And if you just look at the comments on Twitter, when we post the episodes, but every day, uh, direct messages from just people who, well, they don't even know if I'm going to see their messages to begin with, right? They don't know if I'm going to look at them. And people just open up their hearts and they're like, my brother, you know, he went to service a few years ago, came back, big drug problem. My dad, my mom. So there's definitely something there where it's touching some kind of uh, a piece of these people when they listen to the pod that prompts them to want to express, you know, how they felt listening to it. And that's really cool. Since we're near Christmas, um, I always think about this, the movie uh, It's a Wonderful Life, right? And, and going back in time and getting perspective, right? Which is a big sort of uh, theme we've been discussing about it here is, is perspective. And um, so I'm going to put you uh, back in time as the ghost of yourself. We're going to go to a somewhat dark place. We're going to the jail cell with that naked dude who was jacking off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that painted such All a right. vivid picture for me. I don't think I'll ever forget that story. <laughs> yeah, um, nor, nor I. And, you know, you're seeing yourself in the mirror, and then and now you're there. What would you tell that Rex at that moment? Or would you just let him go? <sighs> you know, I'll, I'll obviously never forget it, but... I was so confused as to what was happening. I think I kind of knew why I, why I was in there, but nobody was telling me at this point. And uh, I, I was just really, really confused. And I also hadn't made a phone call. And you can imagine too, I'm taking a lot of pain medicine. And I, you know, you used to know all your friends' phone numbers. I don't know any phone numbers now. They're just under a name in my phone. And so one of the officers said, uh, you know, look, you can make a call. I said, I don't know any phone numbers. So he brought my phone, said, find the number. I, as soon as I turned my phone on, it was just blowing up because I guess, you know, news had reported that I'd been arrested. But I only saw one message just pop right up and it was my best friend, Josh Hopkins. And he said, I don't know what happened. Just know that I love you. And it's going to be okay. And I had so many of those. I don't know that I could, I don't know what I would tell myself in that cell other than just stay the course. Because, you know, I had people, I, I had people from that day forward telling me, hey, Rex, just relax. A year from now, your life is going to be so good. Well, all those people fucking lied to me. <laughs> it took longer than a year. Then it would, I'd be the next year. You know, I'm still in legal problems. You know, it seems like two steps forward, one step back. Um, even a year later, it still sucked. But slowly but surely, things started getting better. And it, it probably took a good five years before I could have ever said, you know, that I felt like things were starting to kind of, you know, go in the right direction. I'm not the most patient person in the world. 
And those five years, three, two, three, four, five years of really, you know, building back and trying to reestablish myself in some kind of career, um, it was hard as shit at first. And it's still, you know, um, it, it's all good. It's all good stuff, but even good stuff is stressful. And so, you know, there's more on my plate and I got to stay more diligent about doing the things that I have to do for my mental health every day. If I don't do those things, I could just, you know, fall right off. So um, I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to still be here and be able to, you know, be doing something with this that's kind of making a positive impact. That's making a super positive impact. It's it's a huge impact. This is, a, I'm just, I'm so proud to be a part of this series and, and being able to talk to you on this last episode. Um, Thanks, bro. Here's a big question. Uh, you may not have the answer yet, but where do you want to take this show next? And what are your hopes and dreams for it? Well, you know, I, as powerful as the some of the pods have been doing them in this format, you know, really on the computer, um, I think it's been fantastic. I think when Steve and Ezra and Brandon, those guys set out, I think we all kind of uh, pictured it being an in-person kind of thing. And my feeling on that is that it's sort of tailor-made for, for TV or streaming. And, you know, I'm just thinking back about, you know, a handful that we did this year. If we were able to sit in the studio with the guys one-on-one, -on -one, with the people one-on-one, -on -one, I think that uh, you're liable to get even more, even more stuff, even more honesty. And um, so, I, you know, who knows where it'll go, but I wouldn't mind trying that. As you will, as you should. Man, uh, I'm excited to keep telling these stories and doing so in a way that reaches as many people as possible. It seems every week there's a new scandal with an athlete at the center of it, and there's not a lot of nuance when it just explodes on Twitter or in the media. So I'm hoping this will be a forum where we can give space to talk about these issues openly and honestly and really, really learn from what people have gone through. All right, that's a wrap, Ev. That's a wrap on season one of Charges. I want to thank all of our guests for bravely sharing their stories with me and you and our listeners. I want to thank our production crew, DB Podcast, Jordan, Miles, Ben, and Scott. I also want to thank the team at Portal A and iHeartRadio. And I want to thank Control Media and my former teammate and my buddy, Stevie Nash. This has been one hell of a ride, and it feels like we're just getting started. Charges, sharing our run-ins with the law Charges, athletes, entertainers, and brawlers Charges, every celebrity ain't flawless Charges, we came a long way from living lawless Charges, sharing our run-ins with the law Charges, athletes, entertainers, and brawlers Charges, every celebrity ain't flawless Charges, we came a long way from living lawless Charges Charges is created by Portal A and Control Media It's produced by DB Podcasts in association with iHeartRadio for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Bosch at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.